as we begin this time of Advent, we're awaiting the coming of Christ. Don't know whether you've ever heard anyone screaming out, crying out for Christ to come again. Have you ever heard that? I had an experience nine years ago um, when this country was preparing for World Youth Day. And the World Youth Day cross was travelling around. I was asked to help with a small team going to East Timor uh, with the World Youth Day cross. And it was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had, really. We arrived at the airport. The, the people in, in Dili had only had 24 hours notice that the cross was coming. And so we weren't really expecting much at all. But about 10,000 people were waiting at the airport for the cross. Everyone, the whole city came out. And it was all very official. You know, there's the Prime Minister and the President and all these dignitaries and we're standing around surrounded by priests and acolytes and altar servers and it's all kind of your usual sort of religious thing, you know. But as we were standing there, there was suddenly this scream. And one of those, like, you know, screams that makes 10,000 people go silent. And this woman came bursting out of the crowd and just grabbed hold of the cross and was just screaming out of the depths of her lungs. And we're all just like, whoa, what's going on? She's speaking in a different language. We don't know what's going on. And we're turning to this priest saying, what's she saying? What's going on? And, but we noticed very quickly that no one was trying to shepherd her away. It, you know, our immediate thought was this is just some crazy woman. But everyone stood back quite reverently and just let her keep crying and screaming. And one of the priests came over and just started to translate for us. Basically saying that she's crying out to Christ to come to her people. This desperate cry to come to a people who have experienced such violence and such deep pain. And it was heartrending, as, as the whole of that journey was. But it was, an, it was an expression which you never see. I'm sure you've never come here to the church and seen someone burst out of the congregation to the cross saying, Come again! We beg you, please, come. We all sit here very politely and, you know, say nice prayers about, Lord, please help us. Amen. But the reality is that every day people are, are screaming. And you've passed some of them today. You might even be sitting next to some of them. Right now there are people screaming from the depths of their being for Christ to come again. And my guess is that you haven't heard them. You know, because every, every day you're seeing people desperately crying for Christ to come and intervene in their lives. Out of this deep pain that we experience in the very depths of our soul, we are yearning for this salvation. And we see it in the most silent ways. It's a very wordless scream. You know, it's... It's the single mother who's just sitting in a corner by herself because she simply has no energy to be polite and say, say hello to people. She's just trying to keep her head above water. You know, it's, it's the person who goes home from work and just sits down with a bottle of wine because there's no other way they can get to sleep because there's so much anxiety deep within them. You know, it's, it's the person who everyone just doesn't really talk too seriously because you know that they've got these addictions and you just 
dance around the subject. Or it's that person you know at work who you suspect has a fairly violent marriage and it's just too awkward to talk about. You know, these are the people every day who are just crying out for the coming of Christ, desperately screaming. Most of them aren't here. There's a good reason why they're not here because I think they feel very disappointed. And I think so often I've spoken to people who don't come to church, declare themselves atheists or agnostic or just not caring. And you get the impression that deep down there's just this deep disappointment with God because he never showed up. He never answered the prayer. You know, when they needed him the most. And I think this is where we need to begin Advent. You know, this is where we need to begin our journey into Christmas because the danger is that we can see this as just being this nice little happy, happy time with, you know, Christmas lights and tinsel and stuff like that. And we can actually miss the people that Christ was coming for. You know, we can miss them because they're, you know, unfortunate. They make our lives uncomfortable. They don't follow the the social rules. And yet we need to look beneath the surface and see the deep cry. This first reading, from the beginning of Isaiah, this really, I think, captures what the gospel's about. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion has gone forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Those people expressing that deep, silent cry, they're crying out, for life. They're crying out for a happiness which can transcend the pain. You know, this is the cry of the gospel that, you know, how can we get to the temple of God? How can we come to that place where the living God comes to meet us and we'll see him face to face and we will know the law, we will know the law of life. We will no longer have to live in this constant drudgery and pain. That's what Advent is about. You know, so many of the Psalms are filled with this rejoicing over reaching Jerusalem. And Jerusalem becomes sort of symbolic of this encounter with God. We hear it here, you know. I rejoice when I heard them say, let us go to the God's house. And now our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Do you feel that when you come to church? Is that the cry that goes through your heart? Do you walk through these doors and you're like, and now our feet are standing within your gates? I'm assuming not. <laughs> You're probably like, oh, I hope the homily's decent. I want to go home and get some dinner. But this, I think, needs to be where our hearts connect with the mystery. You know, that if we can actually come here aware of the dissatisfaction, you know, this discontent, just this gnawing pain that there must be more than this. Life has to be more than this. That's, that's where we meet Christ. And what I want to suggest to you is that two things. That, that, that's where we need to encounter Christ here in the church. That's the starting point for prayer. Your hunger is where your prayer begins. If you ever don't know how to pray, just stop for a moment and think about how hungry you are deep within your soul. Get in touch with the yearning and that's where your prayer begins. Well, the other thing I want to suggest to you, I think, is in terms of 
the, the calling that's been given to us, the responsibility which also comes for us in this time of Advent. Because it's not just a passive waiting. And I think this is the danger for us as Catholics, that we can, we can come here and just celebrate the liturgy, and we love it, and we're like looking forward to Christmas night, and you know, Christ will come, and we all feel nice and warm and gooey inside, and we walk away thinking how great our salvation is. But we haven't heard the cry of those outside. Yeah, I think this is where we need to really stop and, and understand what our responsibility is. You know, if, if you go back to that, that story I started with, that, that lady who was screaming, if, if you were to walk along the street one day and you saw a person on their knees in the middle of the road weeping and crying out saying, won't somebody give me life? Won't somebody reveal Christ to me? What would you do? You would stop. <laughs> and my hope is that you would actually go over and say, hi, can I help you? You know, I'm a Christian. I can tell you a little bit, hopefully. You know, if, if the cry was that explicit, if someone came up to you at work and said, please, can you help me? My life's falling apart. Can you please give me some hope? You know, you would drop everything and sit down with them. The thing we need to realise that every single day people are screaming and we're not listening because it's too inconvenient. You know, I just think of this last week, I, I've walked past at least three people because it's like, oh, I just haven't got the energy right now and I don't want to get caught up in it. But, but every day people are crying out and, and we know the people. You know, if you were to stop for just a few seconds, you'd, you'd think, oh, well, yeah, there's that person I go to uni with and that person I work with and actually my brother or my sister, you know, their, their, their lives are screaming. You know, St. Paul in the second reading talks about stepping away from the darkness, you know, get rid of drunkenness, promiscuity, licentiousness, wrangling, jealousy. These things are cries for help. You know, we can, we can stand in judgment of those people, you know, promiscuous lives and drunken and addicted and but, but in reality, people are screaming out saying, give me something better. Give me some hope. Because at the moment, I'm only finding it in a bottle of wine or in endless hours on the internet, you know, or just stuff that I shouldn't be doing. Give me something else. Give me a better story. We need to recognise the cry. And we need to see that cry as being as urgent as if someone was to come up to you and say, help me. You know, this is our, this is our calling as Christians. If we have encountered Christ, if, if we have come to know the Christ who is coming at Christmas, if, if we have discovered the hope that we proclaim here, we need to have the boldness to be able to bring that to those who are crying out for it. You know, that every single day we are seeing people who are saying, lead us to the temple, lead us to Jerusalem, lead us to the place of life, of hope. We need to try and bring that hope. You know, so in a sense, this Advent, we are waiting for the coming of Christ. The whole world is waiting for the coming of Christ, but you are the ones who will bring him. 
You are the ones who carry him. And whether people will be satisfied on Christmas Day or not will depend on whether you have brought him to the world. You know, whether you have had the courage to step up and say, here he is. Here is hope. Here is life. Here is joy. So I want to really challenge you and encourage you to try and bring something of that. Whether it's actually an explicit proclamation of telling someone about your faith or whether it's simply just to pat someone on the back and say, you know, there's hope. You know, there is actually light at the end of the tunnel. You know? It, sometimes it, it might be too hard to actually explain the whole story. Sometimes you might only have a few seconds to just smile at someone and say, are you okay? But sometimes that's enough. You know, for you, for you just to radiate the light of Christ into that situation. But this is what we will be held accountable for. If I can, just to, having gone through these readings, the point of the gospel, you know, this, this gospel of, of the coming of Christ where the master will come. This is an image that's so often spoken of by Jesus. Will the stewards be ready when the master comes? Will the servants be ready? I think, once again, it's easy for us to stand in judgment, you know, or just in that little safe little bubble and think, well, we're, we're here in church. We're fine. We're safe. When Christ comes again, he's going to be judging all of them, all of those people, the licentious people, the promiscuity, the drunken orgies, and all that sort of stuff. But I think we need to stand and question that. You know, that a lot of those people are stuck in that place and they don't know any better. They can't get out of that. You know, whereas really I think the, the question will be when Christ does come, have you brought me to the world? Have you actually witnessed me to those who are dying in front of you? When you saw those people crying out, did you answer them with hope? In, in many respects, what Jesus says here in the Gospel is for us. And it needs to be a real challenge for us. How will we answer on that day? Knowing that we have been given this beautiful faith. We've been given this grace of prayer. We've been given this whole community of support. How have we shared it? How have we brought it out to everyone else? You know, so we need to really come into this time awake and alive and seeing the calling that Christ puts on us. Because particularly this time of year is when people need this message the most. This is often the loneliest time for people. So I really want to just encourage you. Allow Christ to challenge you in your prayer. And in these coming weeks, as we are celebrating the hope that we have received, also allow him to really challenge you and call you out and to push you to share that message in whatever way you can. To really just, to not allow this message to just die within these walls, but to really allow this message to radiate outwards, that the, the light can really shine into the darkness at this Christmas.